Welcome to MBA in a Day, a brief, deep, and easy to understand place to get and apply important business concepts and principles, the same that are taught in top-tier MBA programs. I'm Professor Strausser, and in the 25 years that I've been teaching in elite MBA programs, I've noticed how many doctors, attorneys, engineers, scientists, folks that are already well-educated, already smart, but may not have had the kind of business training that they need to be successful in their business or practice. So whether you're listening to this in your car, while commuting to or from work, on the beach, or just want to learn about business, let's get started with this episode's exploration of critical business concepts. In this episode, I'm going to go through what I call the top 10 keys to building a winning and fundable business plan. I've mentored and helped literally thousands of entrepreneurs in building a business plan. And these are some of the things that I've noticed along the way that if you listen to and adopt, you'll find it much easier to get funding and to create a credible business plan. So one of the questions uh, that first comes up is, uh, maybe I should just find somebody to write the business plan for me. In other words, outsource it. Important part, though, is that you actually write the plan And if you have a founding team, that you write that plan together as a team. By doing the business plan together, you will know inside and out exactly what the business model is all about. You'll understand all the dynamics of the business. And also, it'll be a good test drive to how you work with your founding team. Now, it's often said that the two most important pages of a business plan are the executive summary. The reason this is true is that in most cases, if you find somebody that's interested in investing in your company, they are not likely to ask you for your entire business plan at first. They're more likely to ask you to send them your two or three page executive summary. So that executive summary has a lot of work to do. There's a lot of weight on its shoulders and So it has to be kind of a mini business plan, but it also has to be a selling document. It has to be persuasive, and it has to show the commitment that you and your team have in putting together this business. So though I just said you should do your business plan yourself, for the executive summary, it might be a good idea to find someone who's a professional writer, a business writer, to help you write just those two pages. A journalist with experience in business or an advertising copywriter might be a good investment. Pay them a couple hundred bucks for the two pages that are probably the most critical part of your entire business plan. Another thing that makes a business plan fundable and believable is the way that you develop your revenue projections. The way that most investors like to see revenue projected is using a build-up method where you look at the actual physical capabilities of your business and you create your revenue from the ground up. Meaning that, for instance, if you are going to be starting a restaurant, let's say, um, a build-up method would have you look at the floor plan of your restaurant. Look at how many seats you have in the restaurant. Uh, Think about what an average ticket might be. 
think about uh, how many seats you're going to fill in the first three months, how many seats you're going to fill in the next three months. Build up your revenue based on kind of the physical attributes and the constraints of your particular business. The impulse is to do the 1% of China as a revenue projection. In other words, you see a lot of business plans that say, well, if we only got 1% of the market in China, our revenue is you know, $5 million in the first year. And obviously this is ridiculous and it makes you look stupid and investors don't buy it. So be willing to spend some time in developing your revenue based on the actual mechanics of your business. This is being brought to you by MBA in a Day. Why spend years and $50,000 when you can get the recently updated classic business bestseller with easy-to-understand business principles and concepts, the same as those taught in top-tier MBA programs? Listeners to this broadcast can save $5 off the $19.95 retail price by going to mbaanaday.com and entering the code MBA2.0. Another thing that's important in developing revenue projections is your sales cycle. So many entrepreneurs get in trouble because they think that instantly they're going to have sales and instantly those sales are going to convert into cash. Obviously, depending on the type of business you have, it may take you a long time to get paid by your customers. It might take a long time to even get into a customer's office to pitch your business. And that may take several appointments before you get an order and before that order becomes cash. So a lot of businesses run out of cash very early because they have not predicted, they don't understand the length of the sales cycle. The other thing that makes your business plan more believable is to look at your market realistically. What is the size of your market? Now, obviously, entrepreneurs want to portray their business as having a large addressable market, uh, especially when talking to investors, because investors want to be able to bet on a company that has the opportunity to serve a big market, but many entrepreneurs go totally in the wrong direction by being way too optimistic. So for instance, uh, for a while I was doing continuing medical education courses, and this is in the education market, arguably. And so if I were to do you know, just do a, um, a Wikipedia search and ask, what is the size of the education market? I'd probably come up with a number like $500 billion. Well, if my business plan said, invest in my company that provides continuing medical education, part of the $500 billion education market, I would look ridiculous because 
Continuing medical education is but a tiny sliver of the $500 billion education market, but arguably that sliver is about a billion dollars. So a billion dollars is still substantial, it's credible, it's attractive, and it shows the reader, your investor, that you've done your homework and you have presented them with a realistic estimate of what the addressable market is for your product or service. Another thing to look for in a business plan to make it credible and to help you with the business plan is what I call your new best friend, the trade association. So I don't care what kind of business you're in, even if you think it's obscure, I will bet that there is a trade association related to whatever business it is that you're about to form. And that trade association can be invaluable not only for the contacts that you can make within the trade association, but also because most trade associations collect information about their industry, about trends in their industry, and that trade association can be invaluable in building your business plan to present realistic, credible, defensible statistics related to the business that you are about to get into. Another very important part of a business plan that is often overlooked is the customer relationship strategy. So we talk a lot about customer acquisition, and arguably that's very important. Um, We have to start with acquiring businesses, but so many business plans give up and don't talk about how once they get a customer, how they're going to retain and grow them as customers. Because, it's pretty obvious, an existing customer is so much more efficient to reach, so much more efficient in terms of having an ongoing income stream. You've already sold that customer, so why not build your relationship with that customer instead of spending all your time and energy to continuously try to acquire new customers? Another thing that you can do to foster your business plan's credibility is to develop an advisory board. Now, I'm not talking about a board of directors, which is, uh, has a fiduciary responsibility and is related to very often the form of legal entity that you've chosen. But an advisory board is more informal and yet can add a lot of credibility to your business because it shows the reader that people who have credibility, have knowledge of the industry, are interested in supporting you, even if it's just with advice, in launching or growing your business. And it's also surprising, especially to younger entrepreneurs, how willing seasoned executives will be to join an advisory board for a new but maybe exciting kind of company. So your advisory board, it can be very flexible. It can be two or three people. It can be four or five people. You can change those people as your needs change. Very different than a formal board of directors. So the advisory board 
becomes a very important asset that differentiates your business plan, perhaps, from the other ones. Another thing to think about when you're writing a business plan is to find some sort of a metaphorical or analog to your business. So in today's world, everything is, you know, the Uber of babysitting services. Well, if I say it's the Uber of babysitting services, pretty, pretty quickly you figure out what that business model is. Um, the Home Depot of knitting stores. If I saw that in the business plan, immediately I would think that when I walk in that knitting store, I'm going to find thousands of different uh, products related to knitting. I'm going to find everything that I need under one roof. Entrepreneurs running business plans often overlook the need for external validation. And what I'm talking about in external validation is to look outside of your own founding team for verification that your product or service has value, is attractive, is something that you, that the customer might actually buy. As entrepreneurs, we fall in love with our own product or service. Uh, we can't believe that everyone isn't going to want what we've got. And unfortunately, this results in a myopic view of the marketability of your product or service. So think outside of your organization, test the product or service. Doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be pretty, but get some external validation that your product or service is actually something that people are going to write you checks for. We also want to know when we read your business plan, what is your sustainable competitive advantage? Um, you have to understand your competition, first of all, and then be able to position your business against that competition and to create some sort of secret sauce that provides you with this sustainable competitive advantage. The secret sauce might be simply better customer service, or it might be trademarks, it might be patents, it might be trade secrets. It can be a number of things, but if you don't have some kind of sustainable competitive advantage, you're going to be a me too company with a me too kind of future. Another thing to think about in developing your business plan is who are your professional services providers? In other words, who is your attorney? Who is your accountant? Who is your IT consultant? It's important, especially if you are thinking about growing very quickly and going to market, perhaps even via an IPO, that, for instance, the attorneys that you hire are recognized for their expertise in dealing with ventures like your own. So in Silicon Valley, there are a handful of law firms that when an investor sees those names as the attorney 
for the company, that investor has a certain comfort level that the founding team is very serious that they are picking the right folks to get the job done. We all have, you know, uncles, cousins. They might be divorce attorneys. They might be social security attorneys. But they're not the right ones to have on our team, especially in our business plan that we're going to be showing to outsiders. So when you think about writing your business plan, it's really much more than the words that you put on the paper. It's really the process that is so important. And equally important is that if you are a team, that you go through this process together. The other reason for writing your own business plan as a team is that when you do go to outside investors, who ultimately want to review your business plan, if you haven't written that business plan and that investor starts asking you questions, it's going to be much harder to answer them and to provide a rationale, perhaps, on some of the decisions that you've made in your business plan. So the creation of your own business plan, having your own DNA in the business plan, is absolutely essential for any entrepreneur, any practice that is trying to grow, any engineer who has an idea for a new product or service. Every time you write a business plan, you've got to do it with your own DNA and follow some of these basic ingredients that I just outlined. This has been brought to you by MBA in a Day. Why spend years in $50,000 when you can get the recently updated classic business bestseller with easy to understand business principles and concepts, the same as those taught in top tier MBA programs. Listeners to this podcast can save $5 off the $19.95 retail price by going to mbaanaday.com and entering the code MBA 2.0.